All righty. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Brewers Extra Innings. I'm your host, Dominic Catronio. This is going to be a little bit different of a show than you may normally hear on the podcast feed. Mother Nature had other ideas here uh, tonight, Friday night, as the Brewers fall 10-7 to to the Braves. But with the storm coverage we have live on WTMJ tonight, we have decided that, you know what? This game, they lost. Not as much live listenership, we would imagine. And plus, the important thing right now is storm coverage for the people that need it and rely on the alerts and things of that nature. So we are recording this as if it was live, but obviously, you know, not going to be able to interact with you live in the moment with phone calls and texts and things like that. We expect it to be normal tomorrow, but, you know, once in a blue moon, we have a storm like this roll through and it's more important to keep the public safe. So appreciate you bearing with us on this. I'm going to be solo for this show. We gave Craig Kishon the night off. Want to make sure he gets home safe, uh, driving back from the Valley Sports Studios. So we're just going to have an abbreviated post-game show here as the Brewers fall by a final of 10-7. to 7. Still going to sound pretty similar, though, just with yours truly doing it on his own, which, uh, you know, I did five years of minor league baseball, which is majority of it solo. So it's all good. We can handle this. Uh, all right, let's, let's now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about the game. Brewers fall by a final of 10 to 7. And for the first five innings, this was a really entertaining contest. Uh, Adrian Hauser versus Yanni Chirinos making his Braves debut. And despite the Brewers punching with a 2 nothing lead in the second, the Braves punched right back with a three-run bottom of the second inning. And then the Brewers punched back again in the fourth. I thought that was a huge moment. The fact that they took the lead right back after having the bases loaded and nobody out, you're thinking to yourself, oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go again. It's just like the Red Series. They're not going to be able to cash in on anything. This is the Braves. you got to make sure you... Nope. Joey Weimer saved the day there. But then we're going to talk about this a little more in depth uh, about the fifth inning decision to have Adrian Hauser back out there. But in the fourth, I thought that was such a huge moment. The fact that they tied things up immediately to lead off the frame. It seemed like, and I'm sure you felt the same way watching or listening to this game tonight, Every time the Brewers got into a hitter's count pitching-wise, you know, like where their, you know, Hauser's on the mound or Mejia or whomever, Wilson, whomever it was, got into a hitter's count, it seemed like the Braves did damage every time. And I tip my cap to them, man. They're a darn good team. And the Brewers, they scored seven runs. And it's a shame that they did it in a losing effort. It's the most runs, most hits they've had in a game in the second half and in a losing effort. But I think we did learn a few things that are very important from this game and what this series will become. And I want to remind you, the Braves are the best record in baseball. If the Brewers are able to steal one game out of this weekend, you'll be like, okay, you know, it could have been worse kind of thing. Just don't get swept is kind of the goal. And that may sound meager. It may sound sort of like, oh, why are you already waving the white flag, Dom? I don't think it's waving the white flag because the team is that good. And you also, let's let's be real for a second, you're not throwing your best guys out there. I mean, Julio Tehran's been a great story, but can he do it again against the Braves, right? And Colin Ray's been a great story. And again, this is an elite lineup on the other side. You would love to have Corbin Burns or Freddie Peralta the way he threw on Wednesday against the Reds in this series. But then, if I'm a Braves fan, I'm going to counter you with that and saying, well, we wish we had Spencer Strider throwing. And it's a fair point. So I, I think the Brewers just wants to survive this series, 
and get ready for that series with the Nats. And the Nats, by the way, are playing good baseball right now, even though they were in the cellar of the uh, NL East. But as I look at the Brewers beginning this series, I think it's a very encouraging sign. And they just saw Bryce Elder last week, see if they can make the adjustment on him like they did against last Saturday. And they got to the bullpen again. You know, Abraham Toro hitting that home run was clutch with a three-run shot off of uh, Cody Heller. And they forced Yates to come into the game. They forced Iglesias to come into the game. And I know the, the Braves had an off day yesterday, too, so they're arrested bullpen. But the Brewers, you know, they only used Toby Milner for an inning, Bryce Wilson for an inning, and then Mejia for the last two innings. Maybe they'll bring in two fresh arms after what happened to Justin Wilson. We'll touch on that in a moment. But the A bullpen got an extra day off, and you're going to have just bare knuckles if this offense can keep things going. And dare I say, the offense left some out there, even in scoring seven runs. They went five for 12 with the runners in scoring position, which I'm never going to complain about. And the Brewers had the bases loaded, nobody out, and they were able to plate two runs in that, but... Yelich went 0 for 5 for the first time this season that he went had five plate appearances and didn't reach base at least once. Uh, Adamas, 0 for 5. We're going to have a talk about Willie in this show. But again, Freelick, the hit collector, two more hits today. Uh, Andrew Monasterio, two more hits today. Abraham Toro. We're going to have a larger conversation about the lineup and the construction as Carlos Santana is due to arrive tomorrow when you are listening to this show on Saturday. So, yes, a 10-7 defeat for the crew, but... I still think there are signs of what's to come here for uh, Milwaukee and, and what to get excited about. So let's get into that here coming up in our next segment. Before we do that, I want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings, even in this form, podcast only, is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. The local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank, also knows how to hit it out of the park. And they've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More to come in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is the segment of the show. Welcome back. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers fall 10-7 to here this evening. Well, I don't know why if I should keep saying the score, given, you know, I always treat it like a radio broadcast. I mean, because we're live on the radio. And the first rule of radio when you're calling a game play-by-play is what's the score, right? Say the score as often as possible. And maybe somebody just tunes into the show when they're driving along and they didn't hear what the score was. That's why you say it so many times. But, like, I'm sitting here realizing, well, this is a podcast-only show. So you already know the score of the game, 10-7. to Anyway. Uh, This is the segment we normally pick the player of the game, and it's brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need, and your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help out today. The Brewers player of the game, it has to be Abraham Toro. First game back uh, after, you know, or getting started, I should say. He had a big knock against the Reds earlier this week, but three for four today quietly has hit every time the Brewers have asked him to come up to the bigs. He's eight for 15 in the show, two homers. Uh, He's also, he's not, he's just a guy that puts the ball in play. He doesn't walk zero walks, only four strikeouts in his 16 plate appearances. So that's like 25%, not great, not terrible, but Abraham continues to put good swings on it. And I wonder what his playing time is going to look like moving forward with uh, Carlos Santana arriving on Saturday. So let, let's talk a little lineup here. As the, the Brewers lose, 
Willie is ice cold right now, and Willie is in the three-hole. With Carlos Santana arriving, I'm really intrigued to see, first of all, what they're going to do roster-wise with Santana arriving. Because Toro can play first base, and he's hot. He should stay in the lineup. I'm sure the Brewers maybe thought initially they were going to option him. But you look at it, with Tyrone Taylor playing well right now, you're going to likely put Justin Wilson on the uh, IL after what happened with him warming up and injuring himself on his last warm-up toss. But I I imagine there's no room for Jemai Jones, even though he's back in his hometown. Uh, He's got one option remaining, so you can send him back down to AAA Nashville. Uh, I think that's probably going to be the corresponding move for Carlos Santana arriving. And with Toro, he can play third, fine, serviceable. It doesn't fit the bill of what the Brewers ask for, you know, with defense and prowess and things of that nature. But the point of this conversation is, what do you do with Willie? Willie right now is four for his last 48 in the second half. Certainly not great, to say the least. And for Willie, he's been in the three-hole virtually every day. And I want to correct myself. That's the wrong number. Seven for 49 in the uh, second half now for Willie after an 0 for 5 day today. So uh, that's a that's just under a buck 50. He's in the three hole every day. I wonder, and we talked about this on Monday with Craig Kishon, when does it change? Because Sal Freelick is giving you hits. Andrew Monasterio is giving you hits. Do you roll out a lineup that has Yelly in the leadoff spot, Contreras in the two hole, Freelick in the three hole, then Santana batting cleanup? And then do you put Willie there in the five spot or Monasterio in the five spot and you you flip and you put whoever there is remaining in the sixth spot of the order? And and by the way, you got Owen Miller still and you still got Bryce and Weimer will be the bottom of this order. But And then you got to figure out who's going to be the extra outfielder as well, whether it's Taylor, whether it's Perkins, where they're going to slot seven, eight, nine. So I, I, I just, I'm rooting for Willie. I know Bruce fans are rooting for Willie, but the numbers are not pretty. And he knows it. He's going to bring that same attitude, that positive energy every day. But right now, it's tough to look up at that board, being the exact same guy he was last season. And he said it in his own words. He was embarrassed by his on-base percentage. He was embarrassed by his batting average. I mean, just a year prior in 2021, combined between the abysmal start in Tampa Bay and the great finish with Milwaukee, he still hit 262 with a 337 on base. Now, that's not elite, but it's still league average. And I think that's all the Brewers are asking. They want to see Willie be at least league average in those rate stats while providing the power that he has provided for the crew out of the shortstop position. But right now, he has sunk all the way down to a 203 batting average this late into the season, a 288 on base percentage. That's That's currently 10 points worse than it was at the end of last season. And remember, he had that ridiculous stretch at the end of August, early September, where he really put the team on his back when they really needed him most. But I just I just have this thought, they need to find a way to ease the pressure on Willie because there are guys in this lineup that are performing. I'm not saying taking Willie out of the order. Let's try to find a spot for him to succeed, ease things on him when Santana arrives here on Saturday. Put the guys that are hitting up. Maybe put Toro up there in the three spot because he's hot right now. Remember, he came up as player of the week uh, a couple weeks ago with Nashville, and he continues to to rake here in the big leagues. I just want to see 
Willie take a breath. You know, I, I want to see the dude succeed. The Brewers are going to need him to succeed as this race will tighten up in the final, you know, 58 games that are remaining. They're going to need him. So might as well put him in the best case scenario to succeed. And uh, I think that's something really to pay attention to and something I'm looking out for moving forward. Uh, we're going to talk difference-making moment up next. Take a quick little pause on the recording, and then I'll be right back here on this podcast-only edition of Brewers Extra Innings as the Brewers fall by a 10-7 final. This game was back and forth and very entertaining uh, from a viewer perspective until about the fifth inning. And as we dive into the difference-making moment of this contest, I'm going to go with a difference-making decision. And as I was sitting in the studio when I work in Bally Sports, I was sitting with Craig Kishon, who was due to be the guest tonight, but due to the storms, we wanted to make sure everyone got home safe, uh, with Craig Kishon and Tim Dillard. And we're sitting there before the game, predicting how this is going to go against the Braves. And the fact that the Braves can hit, we know that. They just saw Adrian Hauser, and you got a fresh bullpen. Both teams have a fresh bullpen after yesterday's off day. What do you do if you're getting ready to face Acuna in this top of the order for a third time in the fifth inning or earlier? What does that decision look like? And, and where is the game at that point? Because obviously, if you're seeing the lineup for a third time through already in the fifth inning or earlier, there are runs on the board. Now, are you getting blown out or are you in a close game? And that's the exact scenario that popped up here on Friday night. Tied game, 4-4, to bottom of the fifth inning. And the top of the order is coming up. Hauser heading into that fifth inning was at 75 pitches. He just allowed the home run to Ozuna to tie the game in the fourth. And I really think that second inning took a lot out of him than he expected. Because the Ozuna nine-pitch walk was epic. And that came with two outs. And that led to seven pitches later, the Braves claiming their first lead of the game, three to two. So my thought with it, third time through is always a fear for any manager. And this is my difference-making moment. The decision to send Hauser back out for the third time through in the fifth. I think Craig Council wants to get the most out of his starters. And I think he got caught with the hand in the cookie jar there. He had Hobie Milner warming. It wasn't like he was going to have a very long leash for Adrian Hauser. But it was one of those, for me, with Acuna leading off with a hot shot to third, 111 off the bat, Monasterio couldn't handle it, infield single. And then he steals second. And by the way, at one point before Acuna stole second, it was a 1-2 count on Albies. And that was a theme we saw all day today that, Hauser couldn't put away hitters like he did last Saturday against these guys. Two legitimate strikeouts and one pitch clock strikeout today uh, for his three total. So then Acuna steals second, base hit by Albies, and boom, the Braves have the lead. And then Riley with a 3-2 count, lines one in the left field, and because Albies was running on the pitch, it put runners on the corners. And then boom, here comes Craig Council. He has to pull Hauser and go to Hobie Milner. I thought that decision was the difference-making moment. Keeping Hauser in for that third time through. And we'll hear from Craig Council here, still here on the podcast edition of the show here a little bit later on, but it's Ronald Acuna. It's the Braves lineup. You give them an inch, they take a mile. And 
the Brewers were down, and then five to four, they added another run on the sack fly. And kudos to Hobie Milner for get out of it with the, as little damage as he did allow in that frame. And then in the seventh inning, things escalated quickly on J.C. Mejia when uh, the injury happened to Justin Wilson. Uh, so back-to-back homers, or I should say that was off Bryce Wilson, I beg your pardon. But the back-to-back home runs for Riley and Olsen really kind of put a bow on this one for the crew trying to figure out if they were going to be able to come back from this one. The answer was uh, very quickly no. Uh, and they ended up ballooning up to 10 runs. The Brewers did get the three-run homer from Toro, but it was still pretty much over when they were down 10-4. to four. So that's my difference-making moment of the game. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Uh, I'm going to get to who's hot up next. Quick peek at the scoreboard and an update on the standings for you as well on this podcast version of Brewers Extra Innings and a 10-7 loss game one of the series with the Braves. Give me a sec. Let's talk a little bit more about the offense and encouraging to see seven runs again today for the crew. And looking at this roster with Santana arriving Saturday, You've got Toro swinging it well. You've got Monasterio continuing to swing it well. Freelick is the hit collector. He's awesome. And Contreras had a couple of knocks as well. It was his 11th multi-hit game in the month of July. What a great month for him. I, I think the Brewers, with Jesse Winker on the IL right now as the DH, and we talked about it in the Brewers Weekly on Thursday, they're going to keep trying to add offense and add something to this team. And I suggested it during the rain delay feeder that didn't actually rain. I wonder if the Brewers are going to consider trading any of their pitching that they have. You know, Hauser, Ray, Tehran, one of the younger guys down in AAA or something of that nature in order to get a bona fide bat because everybody wants controllable pitching. And with Winker being on the IL, he's out for a little while. Rowdy's not back until mid-August. And the report was that he just started swinging a bat in the cage today, learning to deal with the pain management. Santana's going to play a lot of first base moving forward. So can you go get one more bat to help this team out? Because things are going to get tight. And it can't all just be Andrew Monasterio. It can't all just be Sal Freelich, non-power hitting guys. And Toro hit a shot, just like the homer he hit in Toronto about a month ago. But this is something the Brewers aren't going to get away with for much longer, especially in the postseason. Not having a true bona fide power threat in the middle of this order, four, five, six. Uh, I know Willie is supposed to be that guy. He hasn't been that guy. Uh, Yelich is having a great year with 15 homers, but he's your leadoff hitter, and I'm not moving him from that spot. Contreras is your two-hole hitter, and it's nice to get power from your catching position, but it's not exactly something you expect, and he's still hitting 272. So I'm not, that's picking nits, if you will, of trying to figure out what you got with William Contreras. But the fact that Andrew Monasterio, in his first 115 plate appearances in the show, is hitting 307 with an on-base just nine points shy of 400. And he's not the strongest guy in the world, a 416 slugging. That's good. Eight doubles, a homer, eight driven in. Also 14 walks and 25 strikeouts. He gives you a good at-bat just about every single time he comes to the plate. I don't think I had it on my bingo card of how much the Brewers will be leaning on Monasterio and Freelich and Toro and Weimer at this point in the season in spring training. But yet here we are. And you look at 
what the Brewers slugging percentage wise, we, we know how bad it's been. But as far as qualified hitters go, Yelich is number one and he's your leadoff hitter at 472. William Contreras is number two. He's your two hole hitter at 435. And then Andre Monasterio is not qualified, but he would be next on the list at 416. And it's a smaller sample size than Willie, so I don't want to bury Willie here. But it's 23 points better than Willie Adamas' slugging percentage. The Brewers are going to have a decision to make of whose bat they're going to keep when Jesse Winker returns. Are they going to cut bait with Jesse Winker? Are they going to keep him on the I.L.? Are they going to keep him in this left-handed pinch hitter role that they seem to have morphed him into right now? But then you'll have Rowdy and or Santana on the bench on any given night. And you'll still have Winker available in that, a guy that doesn't play a position. I don't know if the Brewers are going to stick with that. So there's a crunch coming ahead. But this is a long-winded way of saying that Andre Monasterio is my pick for who's hot tonight. And it's brought to you by Cider Heating Plumbing and Electrical. Their sale is currently extended. You can get up to $1,000 off at Daikin Furnace or an AC unit. That's through the end of this month. And you only got a few days left here in July. Financing is available, so you can schedule your appointment today at Cider, which is spelled S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider. Cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Quick look at the standings here. Uh, As I'm recording this, the Reds have added a run against the Dodgers. It's 4-2 to Cincinnati. They scored three in the first, and they've been running downhill ever since. And it's, it's comical at this point how much the Reds are able to dominate the rest of the league, just not the Brewers. But it's also terrifying from a Brewers fan perspective, thinking we have no more games head-to-head. You cannot control your own future against these Reds. And you're going to need help from the rest of the league. As play started today, the Brewers were a game and a half ahead of the Reds for the division. And a reminder is something I talked about on Brewers Weekly with the chaos that is the NL. The Cubs won again tonight. They have now won seven in a row. They're now above 500. They beat the Cardinals, furthering that the Cardinals are going to be selling. This NL race between the Central, which is still up for grabs between the Brewers, Reds, and now the Cubs, and the wild card is going to come down to the final week. There are really seven teams, if you include the Brewers, in this fight for four playoff spots. That's for the NL Central lead and then the three wild cards. Because there's now an opportunity, if the Dodgers continue to run away with the West like they are doing, but the rest of the West, you know, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and and then even in the East, the Marlins coming back down to earth. Mind you, the Brewers still have two series. They haven't faced the Marlins at all this year with Miami. That there are seven teams vying for four spots right now. And as I sit here and record this, Arizona is on the outside looking in at 55 and 48, but yet the team in first in the wild card is 56 and 47. They're a game back of the top spot, but on the outside looking in. We're going to scoreboard watch for a long time, and we still got two months left of the season. The point I'm trying to make here is buckle up. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be watching everyone's results. You're going to be begging for help from other teams, but this is just beginning. So just pace yourself. Understand that if a team's going on a seven-game winning streak like the Cubs are, maybe maybe there's a five-game losing streak or a, a stretch where they lose four of six, a stretch where they lose eight of 11. It's going to happen. And it could happen to your team. It could happen to the team you're chasing. And on the, on the flip side of it, it can happen to the team 
that is trying to get hot. They can win 8 of 11. The Brewers can try to get going here after this Braves series. If they can win this series after losing the first game, holy cow, that sends a message to the rest of the league. So that's just a quick segment on who's hot and what's going on with the standings. I'm going to take a quick breather. And uh, I'll just roll straight into it here as uh, here's what Craig Council had to say today after today's defeat. Here's what Craig had to say. You know, the warm-ups were going fine and um, said he felt a little something on the second to last pitch, threw another one and felt something pr- pretty uh, significant to it, to his lat tricep area. So um, um, it, it's an IL, we'll get some... Um, We'll have him see the doctor in the morning. He gets some imaging in the morning or or after sometime tomorrow, and we'll see what see what that tells us. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's tough news. Um, you know, you work really hard, and it's a long long road back on that on that uh, injury, and um, you know to to get all the way back and be ready to you know do the fun stuff, which is pitching a game. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate. Well, that's a tough spot for JC as well, right? Because to then come in and, and deliver two innings like he did. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's he's not preparing at all to pitch, and um, he came in and you know had to gut through two innings and did a nice job. It's a tough offense. But what did you see from Hauser and, and Wilson that just didn't didn't work? Um, yeah, I mean Adrian, you know, probably the the third inning. It's you know it's uh, two outs. So I think it was an old two count to Azuna and. Um, you know, he, he had a nice at bat, um, and then they just you know they 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 got good hitters and they they squared some balls up and there's three runs on the board pretty fast. Um, so that you know that that went from you know in the dugout going to the going into the fourth inning with with nothing going on to three runs. You know, when you're one strike away from the inning, so that was um, they did a nice job. I mean, they got a bunch of two outs. They strung together a bunch of two out hits and, and put together a nice inning with with you know not much. Going early in the inning, um, you know that that was I thought the big blow, and then you know they just you know a couple guys hit some homers. In the second inning too, it was like that all it all just happened within a span of you know less than ten pitches of you know the couple consecutive hits. Is that just kind of how this offense? Well, plays? I mean it's you know they they hit some balls hard, and you know there wasn't cheap hits in there. They hit they hit the ball hard, and um, you know did a nice job. Take anything away from your offense? You've been kind of waiting to see some, you know, just yeah. Some I mean, we we did, um, you know, Sal had a nice day. Andrew had a nice day. Um, Abraham's four, five, six hitters that did a really nice job. Um, had some had some big hits and kind of were at the, in the middle of everything. When uh, Santana comes in tomorrow, do you anticipate moving Toro to move <coughs> around a little bit? <laughs> I don't know, Adam. Really, in the second half, just hasn't quite gotten going yet. What have you seen from his struggles? Um, yeah, I mean that's accurate. He he has not gotten going. Um, you know, he's played great defense, um, but you know we need we need offense, kind of especially at, at where he's hitting the lineup in the middle of those guys. We need we need some offense for sure. Tough news from the jump there on Justin Wilson that he'll go back onto the IL 
It looked like a lat. Ugh, I just, I hate that form. I've seen that injury happen before. And, you know, you do all this work trying to come back. And it was going to be 461 days since he was last on a big league mound. And hopefully it's just a speed bump and we'll see him back soon. Because the Brewers are very excited about him. They, they think that he can really ease the load on Hobie Milner moving forward for him. Uh, let's get to some of the bright spots here before we get ready to wrap up the program. On an abbreviated version of uh, Brewers Extra Innings giving its podcast only today. Let's get to some of the highlights and what the guys sounded like today on the radio. Uh, they got the scoring done early in the second inning. An RBI ground out from Abraham Toro after a leadoff double from who else but Sal Freelich. So the Brewers had runners on second and third with... Uh, nobody out. Toro grounds out for the first run of the game. And the next batter was Tyrone Taylor. Torinos looks back at second. Here's the 2-1. And Taylor, a line drive into left center field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Around third is Monasterio. He will score. It's an RBI single for Tyrone Taylor. The Brewers lead it 2 to nothing. Tyrone, good to have him back after he had the big clutch two-run home run on Wednesday against the Reds. Uh, another highlight from this one came a few innings later as the Brewers quickly lost the lead in the bottom of the second inning. Three runs scored, all with two outs in the span of seven pitches for the Braves. That made it 3-2, to two, but the Brewers would load the bases in the fourth inning with nobody out. Freelich on third, Monasterio on second, Toro on first. Tyrone Taylor would strike out. Then Bryce Terang would pop out, and it would all be up to the Golden Retriever, or the Labrador, as the clubhouse calls him, Joey Weimer. First pitch, swing line drive into the gap in left center field. It's going to fall for a base hit. Over to get it is Michael Harris. Two runs have scored. They will hold up Toro at third. And Joey Weimer delivers a huge swing. It's a two-run double to make it 4-3 Brewers in the fourth inning. Josh Mauer's call here on WTMJ, so... Broom, they get the hit that they needed. They take the lead right back 4-3. to three. Then in the bottom of that fourth inning, though, Adrian Hauser would give up a solo homer to Marcelo Zuna, nodding up the score once again. Brewers went down without a run in the fifth, and then in the bottom of the fifth, that's when things came unraveled for Hauser. He allowed two runs. Uh, one of them was inherited after he had exited from Hobie Milner, but uh, Acuna Jr. stole a base and scored on a base hit from Albies to hang him with the loss. So now it's 6-4. to four. Now in the seventh inning, two more runs would come across. Uh, a few more runs actually would come across for the Braves as back-to-back home runs from Austin Riley and Matt Olson in a four-run seventh inning. That made it 10-4 to four at the time. But just for good measure, and to remind you that he's here and he wants to play some more, in the eighth inning, Abraham Toro trying to make this game interesting. 1-1 pulled down the right field line. This ball is going to fly out of here for Abraham Toro. A three-run shot for Toro. And don't go anywhere. It's a three-run ball game. It's 10-7. You can hear the optimism in Lane Grindle's voice, but it wasn't meant to be. The Brewers wouldn't get much else. Uh, they did force Kirby Yates and Rysel Iglesias to get into this game, but they fall in this one by a final of 10-7. to seven. So let's look ahead here to the rest of the weekend. Same time, same place tomorrow, 7.20 Eastern, 6.20 Central time, first pitch. But I've got you covered for Brewers warm-up at 5 o'clock here live on WTMJ. And then I'll have you for post-game, a normal post-game, over the air with Craig Kishon. And then on Sunday, game is scheduled for a 12.35 uh, first pitch Central time. Our coverage will begin at noon 
with uh, Brewers uh, with the On Deck Show from Lane and Josh down in Atlanta. Tomorrow's pitching matchup, it's going to be an emotional one, I would imagine, for Julio Tehran. Tehran pitching as a visitor against his former club. Now, he already faced his former club last week, of course, here in Milwaukee, but now he's got to face him in Atlanta, the only team he knew for a very long time. Tehran had a really good start against them his last go-around. He'll be going up against Bryce Elder, but Tehran, six innings, three hits, one run, just the solo homer by Austin Riley, uh, a hit batter, and five strikeouts. No walks as well in that game for Julio Tehran. I'm sorry, it wasn't Riley. It was Travis Darno who hit that line drive home run off of uh, Tehran last Sunday. But that's your matchup tomorrow, and that's the next time we will chat with you here on WTMJ. So thanks for bearing with me here on the podcast-only feed tonight. Stay safe in all these storms. I hope everyone that needed the info got it tonight. Uh, as somebody who grew up in... Tornado Alley back in Dallas. I, I, I know what it's like, and uh, I know these winds were really scary tonight. I got lightning popping outside my window right now. So uh, good night. Hope everyone stays safe. I'll chat with you tomorrow at 5 o'clock with Brewers warm-up, and uh, we're getting ready for uh, the middle game of his three-game series with the Braves. Uh, my thanks to Matt Sossler, our producer who put all of this together. Uh, hope everyone stayed safe, and uh, we'll chat with you again tomorrow afternoon. Until then, keep on swinging.